Richard, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Azim. Well, 168,000 citations. I mean, that is, uh, that's quite something. I mean, is your family proud of that? <laughs> Actually, it's funny that you say that. But yes, my dad uh, especially is very proud of that. He even brought it up uh, at his wedding speech. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Of> my wedding. <laughs> right. At his wedding speech at your wedding. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Just to really, you know, put the pressure on your partner as to the expectations uh, that they they have to <laughs> achieve, right? Mostly, mostly for fun, you know, yeah. It is, but, you know, he was also an academic for a few years and understands that that, that is not very common. That, that stems mostly, I guess, from the, the paper that in a way started this all off. Uh, which was more than a decade ago, the ImageNet paper with Fei Fei Li, who's also, of course, uh, been one of uh, my guests. I've spoken to her a few times, uh, and and you know had that critical bit of kindling that I suppose kicked off the deep learning wave. Do, would you do you think that's right? If we look historically, is that a reasonable place to start? Yeah, so I think there actually uh, there's there's one uh, event that happened even before ImageNet, uh, and that was George Dahl and Jeff Hinton uh, actually working on speech recognition uh, and uh, neural nets. It was still there's still some uh, probabilistic pre-training models in there, but uh, that was sort of the first time where people say, "Wow, if we have more training data now, speech recognition actually is best done with a neural network," um, and then uh, the ImageNet wave came, of course, uh, ImageNet was the data set, Alex Krzyzewski, uh, Hinton again, uh, and Ilya Satskever, uh, you know, actually using that data set uh, and training a large convolutional neural net. That uh, was uh, the watershed moment, I think, for most to understand, wow, it was enabled uh, by having this data set. So it's a necessary condition uh, for that success. But of course, the model uh, is, is absolutely crucial. Uh, and then uh, when you look at my second most highly cited paper, it's uh, a word vector paper. Uh, and right. word vectors were kind of the necessary ingredient to get natural language processing into the neural network field as well. Because speech is uh, somewhat straightforwardly put into a neural network. Images are very easy to put into a neural network. Neural networks want numbers as inputs. Mm -hmm. You know, think of a function f of x equals x squared or something, right? X is the input and you get the function out like x squared. Like a neural net is even more, a uh, much more complex function and not just one number, but often thousands of numbers or millions of numbers that are get fed into the neural network and then you get some output. And so words aren't necessarily a list of numbers. And so having a word as a vector was a very crucial moment for, and of course there are other ways you can put words into vectors, uh, word to vectors, the other famous word vector, uh, but those two papers kind of helped everyone to get, uh, to start using neural nets for natural language processing too. And that's sort of the, most of the rest of my citations. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty foundational. Now there's a key phrase that you said, which was, if we had enough data, dot, dot, dot. And we're going to return to the question of data during our conversation, but maybe let's zoom out uh, a little bit. Uh, we talk a lot about the artificial intelligence wave, the artificial intelligence boom, 
AI is the hottest uh, domain name that you can uh, find these days. Uh, but we, we often skirt over what we mean by the I in that, the intelligence. So what is intelligence? That is a great question. I'll try to keep it short because we could talk <laughs> about that for hours. But you know, I think there are different ways of looking at intelligence. And the most obvious one uh, that comes natural to a lot of people is you look at the brain. Uh, and then uh, we can look at what can the brain do. And one obvious thing is it can move. Uh, it can you know, help, well, the brain itself not, but it can trigger movement in uh, physical bodies. And so a lot of people look at robotics as an artificial version of motor intelligence that we see in animals and humans. Then uh, the brain also helps us understand visual input. So we look at computer vision in AI uh, and you look at um, visual intelligence, uh, the visual cortex, uh, which takes up quite a bit of parts of the brain. Um, and then we can uh, look at natural language. And that, of course, I think is the most interesting manifestation of 